hi teen feminists or should i say guys gals and non-binary pals welcome back to the podcast today we are here with um how do you pronounce your name if if it's tanis and i'm with the blue ridge abortion fund Cool. So today we're here with Tannis to talk about uh, basically what the organization is about and also the abortion ban happening in Texas. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Tannis and I am um, with the Blue Ridge Abortion Fund. We are an abortion fund um, based in Virginia um, and we help folks who cannot afford the full cost of their abortion um, with financial support so that they can get their abortion. Cool. Cool. So um, basically the breakdown of today's episode for everybody listening is we've been talking about the abortion ban happening in Texas right now after six weeks um, in very big death, I guess, and also our opinions on what's been happening, plus how you can get involved. Yeah. Would you like to start? Sure. Um, How would you um, define what's happening in Texas right now? God, I need a moment to like collect my feelings around that. Yeah, um, of course. What is happening in Texas right now is um, a tragedy. It is a, um, it's just a, it's a, it's a legislative interference in a healthcare, a very common healthcare procedure um, that is really going to harm the millions of people in Texas who. Uh, should have access to a full spectrum of reproductive health care. And it sets a really scary um, precedent and tone for laws in other states. Yeah, I think for personally for me, from what I can understand for what's happening in Texas right now is the fact that, um, first of all, we talked about this in my class a couple of days ago, about how the fact that it's setting women's rights and people's rights to their own bodies hundreds of years back as our unit is all about like the 20s and racial divide and how women were getting liberation to vote, et cetera, et cetera. But then the fact that it's basically a hundred years later mm-hmm. and, and people who have a periods or have, can have abortions or can have get pregnant are getting the rights taken away. And it's slowly happening first in our country. And it's the fact that there was no like cancellation of this, like it was just something that they did and no one objected to it which is extremely scary. And then the fact that in other countries, like for example, Afghanistan, um, Palestine, women are getting the rights taken away, having not be able to go to school or at least being able to go to school only if they have a male um, accompanying them and are fully head to toe and are after hours after men go to school. So it's just like slowly our rights are getting taken away. And it's just something that we can't really change because it's a law. So it's just, I feel like really scary, you know, especially since, like you said, this can make other states in the United States want to do this as well. Yeah, so I think it is really scary. I think that, um, so the law in Texas says that uh, providers of abortion cannot provide abortions after approximately six weeks of gestation and a pregnancy. Um, I think that they're defining that as when um, cardiac activity is detected in a fetus, um, which is approximately six weeks after someone's last menstrual period, uh, which is generally around the time you discover you're pregnant. And so the window of people who have the, the window of being able to access abortion in Texas legally is, is very, very small right now. Um, and one of the things that's really unique about this law in Texas, which is the 
piece of it that's really hard to um, think about what it means for the future is that under in an ordinary law, uh, the state or the country, the government is responsible for enforcing that law. And this law in Texas is written so that average citizens are responsible for enforcing the law or have the capacity to enforce the law. So yeah. if my neighbor um, knows that I got an abortion and they want to make trouble for uh, the abortion provider or myself, they can turn me in um, through a like tip a, hotline of some sort. Like, um, like 10,000 or more for that? So if the case um, is won by the person who is making the accusation, they will be awarded $10,000 and court fees, which is... Yeah bananas. Um, and one of the things that these types of laws really do um, is they scare people, right? They scare people into believing that what they are doing, that what the choice that they're making, the decision that they have made um, is wrong somehow. It, it increases the shame and stigma around abortion, um, which is a very common, very simple medical procedure. Uh, statistics indicate that between one in three and one in four people who are who are who have the capacity to become pregnant um, will have an abortion in their reproductive lifetimes. Uh, one of the things that we talk about at abortion funds is that um, everyone knows someone who's had an abortion. And so um, this is just, this is a uh, further efforts of racist white men and women. There are a lot of racist white women who are involved in the, the creation and and um uh yeah i understand passing of this legislation <laughs> right i think um, thing that also is something that i've i've seen on social media is the fact that pro-lifers mostly are people the ones that turn in right they're like they advocate for baby or a fetus being born until they're either black poor you know um lgbtq etc right. etc it's like the life only matters until it comes out a way that you don't like it. Yep. So it's just, why are you advocating for more lives on this earth when you don't take care of the ones that are already on this earth? So it's just like, I think something that's very psychologically wrong, to be honest. Like if you advocate for something that you already don't like, if that makes any sense. So I think that's something that I also don't get about the entire pro-life, et cetera, et cetera, movement. And the fact that you only care about this a potential baby until it's something that comes out the way you don't like it, you know, or until they're black. And then you are saying, well, the police killing them in 40, 30, 10 years even is okay. So it's just the fact that everything that's happening in Texas is something that really is happening all over the world and it's horrible that even in like even if even if like the fact that in our 49 states you can still have an abortion it's the fact that it's slowly getting taken away and other countries in the world don't have access and for example i believe it was um maybe sweden or uh i forgot who just got their right no it was a uh, island uh, I think so, yes. Who just Ireland got... did about a year ago, I think, maybe 18 months ago. Yeah, so it's just the fact that in our entire world, every person that can get pregnant 
still doesn't have that right to their body. Yeah. But I also, I want to offer that one of the things that we do as an abortion fund, um, so Blue Ridge Abortion Fund is one of 80 abortion funds across the United States and across the world. So there are abortion funds in almost every state in the country. Um, We are groups of very committed, um, very dedicated people who believe very strongly that money should not stand in the way of someone's ability to access healthcare. Uh, Rich people will always be able to have an abortion. We have seen that historically. We know that rich people always have access to anything they want, right? Money can buy anything. Um, And so if anyone finds themselves, if any of your listeners find themselves in a position that they are pregnant and they don't want to be, um, I encourage them to reach out to an abortion fund. Um, You can Google abortion funds. Um, The National Network of Abortion Funds maintains a list on their website, which if I was smart, I would have figured out what that link was before I jumped on this podcast with you. <laughs> but um, we are people who are who are safe to talk to. Um, any interactions that you have with an abortion fund is confidential. Um, we believe very strongly that this is a relationship that we are uh, committed to protecting. Um, you don't have to be 18 years old. You don't have to be 16 years old. Um, and we will do everything that we can to connect you to the resources to get you to your abortion. I have a question to be honest. Um, Sure. uh, You said you're based in Virginia, correct? I am, yep. So what is happening with their abortion rights right now? Um, That's a really, it's a great question. So Virginia for a really long time was considered to be a state that was hostile to abortion access. Um, And in the last handful of years, I would say five years or so, um, through legislative change, we have elected a, a, fairly progressive governor. Um, We have a Democratic General Assembly. And so we have been able to actually pass legislation uh, last year that rescinded um, several of the anti-abortion laws that we had in place. Um, So it's actually easier to get an abortion in Virginia today than it was two years ago. Wow, that's that's a massive (laughs) change, I believe, in two years. As you're a fund, where does your money go to that people can donate to? And if you want, you can link or like say where (laughs) you can donate to to help with your abortion fund as well. Um, So our abortion fund is blueridgeabortionfund.org. You can check out our website. There's the capacity or the ability to donate there. Um, I encourage your listeners to go to the National Network of Abortion Funds website and find an abortion fund that is local to them. Um, If they are inclined to make a donation. Um, all of us, all of these funds um, need your money <laughs> um, because we, the government uh, is prevented from supporting abortion. And so very few states have Medicaid coverage of abortion. Um, and so abortion funds do a lot of work at the intersection of um, racial and economic injustice. Um, and in an effort to ameliorate that, we raise money to give to people to have abortions. Um, and there are, we all work together um, very regularly. And I think that um, you cannot go wrong by supporting one that is near and dear to you. So for um, for the reference, your organization and fund, they donate to people and not just to places or is it more of to like local organizations or places? Because I know I think one of the most fearful things in Texas, for example, right now is the fact that you have to travel like outside of your states, you know, mm-hmm. that's probably a day trip or whatever, or wherever you are located in Texas to find a clinic that is going to allow you to have a safe 
abortion because the fact is that it's not gonna like this this law is not stopping people from getting abortions just making it harder which means more women and people will die because they're going to be getting more legal abortions instead of being able to go to a safe environment where people are supporting them and allowing them to get the medical care that they actually do need because it's their body and their choice so does it support morally like mostly clinics or people in general so the way that abortion funds work is that if um, more, uh, sometimes people will call a clinic and they will ask, they will say, I need to schedule an abortion. The clinic will say, great, it'll be $500. And people will think, oh my gosh, I don't have $500 because an abortion is not something that you can put off. You can't schedule it for six months from now. You have to deal with it while it's happening. Um, and they will say, I can't afford that $500. And so the clinic will generally give callers or their patients our phone number or the phone number of the fund that is closest to them um, folks will then call us and we, um, funds across the country, we don't ask people to prove that they need money. We don't ask people to demonstrate need to us. Um, we believe that people are the best decision makers about their lives, which means that we don't ask them to divulge information that they don't need to divulge. Um, and once we have decided how much money we can support that caller with, we will make an agreement with that caller that we will notify the clinic that we are going to pay for a portion of their procedure. And so in that case, we pay the, the clinic directly. Um, there are situations where if a caller calls and doesn't have gas to drive themselves to the clinic or they need to get an Uber to the clinic or they have children at home that they need to pay a babysitter for, um, that we will actually pay our callers directly through Venmo or PayPal um, because uh, we don't get to decide how, we shouldn't be the people who are deciding how people um, access their abortions in a way that is best for them. Uh, why are abortions so expensive, to be honest? Like, uh, uh, from my understanding of abortion, it's basically just using something to get this or the little cell out. So why is it that it costs so much money? So I think an abortion, um, it includes a, 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 an exam by healthcare provider. So just like going to the doctor, um, there is a cost associated with that. Abortion is more expensive than it might be if you went to your doctor because abortion has been so um, strictly uh, pushed out of healthcare. And so abortion providers in many states have to comply with very expensive building regulations. They had to build their clinics so that their hallways were a certain width or their front porches were deep enough. Um, and so they're not operating under the same circumstances that a regular or a normal physician would be. Um, and so they have to, unfortunately, um, their service provision has to cover those regulatory costs. Yes. Okay. I understand now. Um, <laughs> so are you allowed to say how many people have you helped or have allowed this fund to help? And when did you start? So the Blue Ridge Abortion Fund was founded in 1989 by some people who were part of the National Organization for Women. They were at a county fair um, and someone came up and said, hey, I have a friend who needs an abortion and can't afford it. Do you all help with that? And they said, we've never done that before, but sure, we'll raise some money and we'll see what happens. Um, and it grew over the years. And last year we were able to support um, 1,500 people with $435,000 of support. That's amazing. So when you go to a free clinic, uh, you, have, you don't have to pay. So what's the difference? Is it like they're more trained professional medical people when you have to pay for abortion? 
or is it that it's better located or better funded? You know. So when you talk about a free clinic, are you talking about a crisis pregnancy center? Places uh, that pretend to be abortion providers who don't charge any money to their callers or to no. their patients? I think I think when I when I think of a free clinic, I think mm-hmm. it's when you are able to get abortion for free. But I think you need like you have to be a certain age for that. So is that a thing or is that something that's not a thing? So I am not aware of any clinics that offer free abortions. I wish that there were clinics that offered free abortions. I do know that there are organizations throughout the country. Um, we call them fake medical centers or crisis pregnancy centers, and there are places that will advertise. Um, that if you are pregnant, scared, confused, call us, we'll help. Um, and they will invite you in for a free ultrasound or um, a pregnancy test. And they are often, or they're always um, clinics, buildings, people who are, uh, whose purpose is to talk you out of an abortion, to okay. tell you that abortion is wrong, to tell you that abortion is um, going to harm you in some way, which is not true. Abortion will not harm you. Um, and so that's, I'm glad that you asked that question because I'm glad that you gave me an opportunity to talk about that because they are in particular, um, they tend to be very engaged in youth communities um, because there's not a lot of knowledge about what they do. So uh, another question I have is, do you think that it's important that we talk about this in schools, like public schools, every type of school? Because I think personally, um, my school, we don't have that. Like we don't have a, a topic or, you know, or like when you get to high school, there's like a thing where you talk about physical education and everything related to that, like sex ed, but they don't talk about specifically abortions and how that is something that we all have should have the right to. So do you think that's something that should happen or be something that we talk about, even if it's briefly in schools? I do. I absolutely believe that we should normalize conversation about abortion the same way that we should normalize conversation about contraception, the same way that we should normalize conversations about consent around sexual activity, um, the same way we should normalize conversations around pleasure points of sex. Um, I think that the more that we can engage in conversation around biology and anatomy and the reality of reproduction and pregnancy and dominion over our own bodies, Um, the easier that these conversations become and the more educated our communities become um, and the safer and more empowered people feel to, um, you know, make decisions about their body and be able to make decisions about their bodies and their pregnancies with the support of their family and friends and their community. Um, Having an abortion can be a very isolating experience and it shouldn't be. Yes, thank you for that input. Um, last and finally, do you have any words of wisdom for the youth and teens listening to this episode that either could have had abortion or are struggling through defi- or deciding if they're going to have an abortion or, you know, have sexual activity and are scared of having that experience? Do you have any words of wisdom? So my advice to young people considering uh, having sex or being in a sexual relationship and worried about pregnancy is to use contraception, um, to talk with your partner about what might happen if there was an unintended pregnancy. Um, Thinking about it ahead of time will make it easier to uh, make a decision about something if it should happen. Um, Try to find a trusted adult to have these conversations with. Um, There's another organization there called All Options Pregnancy Resource. They are available as a hotline, you can call up and you can talk with them about um, if you find yourself unintentionally pregnant. 
Um, I'm also just gonna say like abortion is really, really normal. Um, you are not a bad person for thinking about abortion. You are a person who would be in wonderful company with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of other people um, who would happily hug you and love you and tell you that you are making the best decision for yourself. Um, I also believe very fiercely that the youth of America are going to lead the shame and stigma reduction of abortion. Um, you all are talking about abortion in much more frank and um, clear ways than previous generations have. And I love to hear it. I love, I love this conversation with you. I love being in this space. I love having been invited to be on this conversation because I think um, y'all aren't scared. <laughs> and I love that. So keep doing that. Um, anything lastly you want to say to people listening to this podcast? Uh, I thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, I am available via um, our website, blueridgeabortionfund.org. You can go there. Um, there's a contact us link if anyone has any questions and would like some more information or just wants to talk. Um, it is, I'm open to that. Um, otherwise, like just keep being rad. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you uh, for coming on this podcast. I love talking to you, especially about this entire topic as I think I'm personally very passionate about this as it's something that affects everybody that has a uterus and that can get pregnant. And it's something that we shouldn't stigmatize, especially like it is something we shouldn't stigmatize when we're talking about sex ed, as it's something that happens and it's gonna to happen to the end of time. That's kind of one of the reasons why humans were created, to be honest. So it's just, we have to talk about this. And thank you. I will have your Instagram linked in the description. Um, make sure to follow, follow us at Teen Feminist Podcast, Twitter at Teen Feminist Pod, um, TikTok at Teen Feminist, and all of our other socials is linked in the description. And yeah, your host, Teen Feminist, out.